Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Charitable Georgia. Brought to you by Bees Charitable Pursuits and Resources. We put the fun in fundraising. For more information, go to beescharitablepursuits.com. That's B-E-E-S charitablepursuits.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Pruitt. Good, fabulous Friday morning. It's another fabulous Friday with three more fabulous guests here in the studio. If this is your first time listening to Charitable Georgia, this is all about positive things happening in the community. And we've had stories since December 9th of all kinds of great things going on in and around the state of Georgia, uh, mostly northwest Georgia so far. I haven't got down to Macon yet, but I will. I'm sure I'll get somebody from Macon to come at some point. Um We've got some, again, three folks on here that have got great stories. Two of my guests are actually married. That could be good or bad. I don't know, depending on how what they no, – They were sharing some things before we got on air that, uh, I don't know. No, it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> we are going to start with our first two guests, Angelo and Miracle Hill, from Bread Puddylish Bread Puddylicious. There, I'll get it out. Uh, I'm already hungry just thinking about that. So, uh, you also have a catering company as well, correct? Correct. Yeah. So they got you covered either way. You can start with some appetizers, with some main meals, and then your 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 dessert. So, Angelo and Miracle, thanks for being here. I'm going to start with your lovely wife because I just think her name is pretty incredible. Also, Miracle, that's just an awesome name. So, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so, if you don't mind, Miracle, share us first of all. How did the name come about, and then share your story. Oh, how the name came about. I'm going to give you the long story short. Yeah, okay. Um, so my mom was seven months pregnant. She had a car accident, and the impact thrust her into the the steering wheel. And um, anyway, long story, she got rushed to the hospital. They didn't think that was that I would live. Um, the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck. Mm-hmm. Um, my daddy, being a man of faith, he petitioned God for three days for my life, and um, he said, before he got up, the angel told him the name Miracle Faith, and that's been 35 years ago now. And wow. I'm grateful. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how did you um, get to be a chef, a cook, and okay. what got you started into wanting to help with food? So I've always enjoyed people sitting down and, like, for me, food was, like, that thing that you could reach people with. It didn't matter who they were. So, like, I think my husband shares that sentiment. <laughs> and um, so I would love to just make some really good food and, and share it with people and just enjoy their reactions to, to enjoying great food. So that started very young. I did that for my family. And then eventually I came to Georgia um, pursuing my baking uh, my baking degree. <laughs> so I, I came to the Art Institute of Atlanta where I later met my husband, and the rest is history. So, <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite thing you like to uh, cook and bake and cook? Mm, I'm I'm just okay with cooking, but if I had to pick, that's if I had true. to pick, that's something. not true. <laughs> if you look at Angela, you can tell to... that's not correct. Yeah, he's shaking his head. <laughs> you see just three rows here, right? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So, um, I'm a I, I prefer soul food. So my um. My favorite soul food meal would be um, not really so much to cook, but um, meatloaf, um, 
collard greens. My mm-hmm. husband's mm-hmm. collard greens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Corn bread. Corn bread and candy yams. <laughs> I think we're going to their I'm house. Right? right? What time is lunch? <laughs> yeah. What about dessert? What do you, I mean, obviously bread pudding, but um, what else do you like? Uh, my, I was, I'm a tiramisu girl. Ooh. And I love it. Like. It's one of my Sharon, can we pack this up and do this on the road while we go get ready for lunch? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, really. I'm not so. making it. <laughs> no, you got a break today, baby. So. Awesome. Yeah. So, all right, well, we'll continue with you in a second. But we're going to move over to your Problem. your your handsome husband, I will say. I'll get you there. <laughs> Angelo. Yes, sir. So, um, I, it's actually kind of cool because I've never seen the way you spell Angelo spelled mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the apostrophe. That's kind of kind of cool. How did that come about? Well, um, my grandmother had a son it was our firstborn and his name was angel and he had passed at nine months so i was her first grandchild so she named me angel low not angelo so it's angelo so that's why the hyphen so that's been my name nickname angel 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 (laughs) and i was a bad angel when i was a little (laughs) kid (laughs) so to see to see now that i'm a good angel (laughs) right you know so yeah, that's how my name came about. Awesome. Yes. So how did you get involved with the food and the cooking and the baking? Ooh. No offense to the beautiful ladies, but <laughs> all the um, the ladies that were in my life were hefty ladies. They believe in eating, and when they're upset, happy, whatever, they get in their kitchen and eat, you know, and cook and eat. So it inspired, it inspired me to just, you know, go in there, and I, I started learning that cooking was the avenue of me processing life. And I knew that in my mind, if I can fix a good meal and cause you to come together, that brought joy in my heart, even though I was suffering what I was going Mm. through. So it helped me get through life to feed people and see the smiles on their face Mm -hmm. and to see them eating. And if some reason, God just gave me the ability. If you tell me you don't like it and you don't eat it, when I fix it, you will eat it. Mm -hmm. It's just something he gave me. And I took pride in my heart to say, because it was just something in my heart to say, you know what, God, what is it? What is the root cause of why they don't like that product? You know, did their parents not fix it right? Have they had, did they have a bad experience? What was it? So it was like, I think it was more in the depths of my heart to fix the problem, to give them a different avenue to see that this could taste like this. I understand Brussels sprouts is nasty because you had it in high mm-hmm. school. But let me do something different. Let me let me see because it's going to change your life. It's going to to me, it was me helping you see life and to go to a different, you know, environment and not be afraid for to take another chance. So that's so food has really been big for me. It's more of bringing people together. You can tell it's been big for me, too. I don't mind. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I've got a 24-pack, you know, so. Oh, got the keg going. Yes, that's right. So, no, it is It is true, though. I mean, every time you think about it, whether it's a family reunion or friends mm-hmm. get together or something, what's the main thing of the, yeah, everybody there? It's food. Centipede, yeah. You know, we, I, was at a, I was at a networking event last night, and I was giving our, our friend and Say's husband, Terry, a hard time because every time I see him, he's eating, you know, and he's like, <laughs> well, if there's food, I'm going to be here. So especially when it's free, you know, I, I'm, I'm with him. So uh, Ange, Angelo, Angelo, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I met at a networking event at the Woodstock Business Club, and then I went and had my one-to-one with him, and he shared an incredible story. So um, and how you got started with the business and uh, I would just like for you to just to share that because it's it's just it's inspiring if somebody's really listening that wants to it's going through a hard time just thinking about a business or, or in their business and having a hard time. So just please share your story. 
Okay, well, um, Bread Pretty Delicious was pretty much started. Um, it was a God thing. And I say it was a God thing because when I heard it, I thought it was just weird. Mm-hmm. And my wife was like, what? Which I knew that it was God. Because she's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, that means it's God. <laughs> <laughs> not against her, but, you know, our thoughts are not his thoughts and our ways are not his ways. So mm-hmm. I had to apply it. If it's weird to somebody else, it's a God move, you know, because a lot of times we go to what everybody says and it's not what God says. Right. But at that pivotal point, um, I was an executive sous chef for a retirement home in Alpharetta and um, worked there for two or three years. Um, I really had support from my pastor because I wanted to quit so many times because mm-hmm. I was just tired. Lord, I'm just tired. You know, I, I, I feel like I'm better than this. I feel like I need to change. You know, I just I'm tired. And my pastor would be like, you know, shut up, work, be quiet, close your mouth, love everybody, do what you're supposed to do, and God will bless you. And I'm like, oh, God. So pandemic hit. Um, and like I was telling Brian, I said, um, with me, it was tough because as I was working as an executive chef, I was experiencing a lot of, uh, you know, people, you know, in that environment that was dealing with a lot of issues, you know, learning to be a leader and deal with the staff and then deal with the clients. And it was a lot going on. Um, the pandemic hit real hard and we were warned by our pastor. He was pretty much telling us, hey, God is about to cause judgment. I need y'all to keep your money, save your money, store up and just trust God. He said, this is not about to be a season where pastor saying it's about to be a, you know, a 2020 vision and God's about to bless. He said, I'm the prophet of this house. And God said, there's about to be punishment, judgment in the land. He said, it's nothing for y'all to worry about. We're not going to shut our doors. We're not going to do anything. We're going to stay faithful. We're going to praise God. We're going to love each other. And we're going to, we're going to obey what God says. So out the blue pandemic hits. So I'm like, what in the world? What? Like, what is going on? And I'm nervous. But one thing I, I had to learn that my overseer, um, Thomas Anthony Pullion Sr. at Heaven Harvest Ministry, he was pretty much telling me, he everything he said has never failed. And in my mind, being there 12 years, it was like, okay, all right, God, what are you teaching us? Because this is going on. Now we're shifting at this job. Now we're wrapping everything up. The whole system has changed. People are nervous. People are scared. What's going on? And then I have to change. So, when me changing into the, the procedure of the, the pandemic, I was a little hard-headed. I didn't like wearing a mask. And it wasn't saying that people out there, you know, didn't get the um, the COVID and all that. It wasn't saying that. But where my belief was and what I've seen in the healing in my eyes in that ministry, it's just what I believed and what I've seen. And my faith was at a different place. It wasn't to, to discredit nobody. But I just didn't agree. Well, I have to wear the mask. And pastor be like, hey, you have to obey the land of the law. Just obey. Obey, because you're a man of God, you're a leader. Obey. I'm like, oh, God. So after obeying, I started having warfare with the staff because at the end of the day, they were threatening us saying, hey, if you don't take the shot, if you don't do this, you're going to lose your job. And thank God before marriage, I had went through so much where I was like, hey, <laughs> okay, God, it is what it is. And I had to learn that. I had other people now looking at me that were um, that had finally joined the faith that I was at. So I even had to be cautious on how I made moves were at the workplace, and because um, they were looking at me, 
they were comparing what over, over, our overseer was preaching. Then when we come to work together, they was looking to see if I was going to practice that and if I was going to go against or if I was going to stay, stay, you know, with what he was teaching us and the faith that they have seen that I have seen already 12 years. You know, so um, the lady told me, hey, Mr. Hill, you know, I know you're the chef, but if you don't take it, you're going to lose your job. So I went in there and I said, OK, God, what do I do? Because I've seen healing. It's nothing. It's not. It's not a show for me. I've seen healing. I've seen people bring their family members in. I've seen this man of God go to people's houses, lay hands. I've seen his work, and I don't know what to do. And I read that paper, and that paper said that they cannot terminate you if you deny. But they wasn't expecting me for, for me to read it. They was they was expecting me to follow what they said and put the fear in my heart to do what they say. So because I read it, I said. I'm not taking this. And she was like, excuse me? <laughs> I said, I'm not taking this. She said, well, okay. That's how she said, okay. And when I tell y'all, I went through hell that week. Hours cut. And I and then I started learning the hands of the enemy. How when you stand, because of other people's fear, they'll go against God when they're portraying to be a God's business. So I started learning, wow. It hurt because we say we are God business, but when it comes to God, we're going to go what the world says. So she started cutting my hours. And then um, when I denied it, my boss started attacking me. It was like, you need to do this. I know you're the leader, but you do executive susha, but you need to do this. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not. So as the other people that were looking that were in church with us, they were like, I'm not doing it either. <laughs> So it's three of us in there. Like, I'm not doing it. So they called me in the office, and the, the district manager came in. He's over, like, all the facilities in Georgia, and he has never been mean to me. I've been there two years and a half, worked on time, faithful, never called out. And he came to me and said, hey, I heard you denying the test. I said, I am. He said, well, if you deny it, I don't care about it. He said, I'm going to suspend you for two weeks with no pay. I said, Okay. And at that time in my heart, I'm like, Lord, I just got married. It ain't the same. I'm in a new marriage. I have another responsibility. What? What is this? But I had to be strong. Okay. Because I started thinking about living in a car when I was at once before. I started thinking about when I didn't have and God made a way. And I started saying, you know what, God? It is what it is. If I stand for you and I'm suspended, you're going to take care of me. And I had to. It was hard because I had to be strong knowing that my wife was in the beginning of ministry and her faith wasn't there at the time. I mean, she was supportive, but come on. She's like, um, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, we're going to make it. Right. And then I go in my prayer room like, God, what? What's going to happen? I said, but, you know, when they, when they did that, I was just like, okay, God, all right. So my wife found out while I was out those two weeks um, really it was three weeks. Um, my wife found out her cousin had passed and she was like, Hey, my cousin passed. And I'm like, okay, well we got to go up there. So she said, okay, we got prepared. And the day before we was going to go, they called me and there was the general manager. She was like, Hey, Mr. Hill, Hey, you can go ahead and come on back. I said, okay, well I can come back. But my wife pretty much, you know, she's about to have, um, she's about to bury her cousin. So I can come back that Saturday. And um, 
he was like, um, what are you telling me? Are you telling me you're denying coming back? And I knew that language. I'm like, and I heard breathing on the phone. So I was like, okay, he's not on the phone by himself. It's either HR or somebody, somebody's there. It's just the way he set up the question. Like he already had pre-planned to get rid of us. And I said, you know what? Don't worry about it. I said, I'll be there. Mr. Hill, I detect you have an attitude and we can't, we can't deal with that. I'm, I'm like, no, sir. And that was God dealing with me because as a man of God, I felt like my, my, um, my strength was taken at a place to make a stand, you know, to manipulate me. So I was getting angry and I had to learn to, I had to calm down and say, you know what? Let me plan this the right way. Let me play your game, but you're going to be really playing my game, but let me not mess this up. But it was really God showing me, no, I need you to stand where you stand. So um, he, I said, all right, sir, I just do what you do. I, I do what you tell me to do. When do you need me? Well, you need to come back tomorrow. I said, okay. Now, knowing me and my chef, having the relationship that we had, and it's funny because um, we had a, a great woman of God that was, at the time, um, I had got her a job where I was at, and she was a part of our ministry. And God just God really gifted her with prophecy. And I took it for granted with her because she shouldn't probably shouldn't have been telling me that um what she told me, but it was a help for me. And she said, Bro, close your mouth. I'm like, What are you talking about? Your boss is really your enemy. I said, No, he's not. She said, I'm telling you. He's your enemy. He does not like the God in you. I was like, This is crazy. This all this is going on. What do I do? So what I learned the best from my leader, serve your enemy well. So I would serve him at the utmost. I would be, I would do everything he needs me to do. I would do above and beyond. And eventually it was true. But I, when I found out, I learned to serve even more. So at that time, and going back to when I texted him after they told me to come in, I, threw, I thought our relationship of how we took care of one another, of you come in and I work your, your week and, you you know, we work together, I thought that would be okay to text him, hey, hey, chef, I got this going on. They told me to come back. My wife is having this. Can you please work this Saturday for me and I'll work the days you need? Because that, that was the relationship we had in two years and a half, not knowing he was right there with the general manager, and he texted him everything. So I got on my knees and the man and the um, general manager was like, well, we'll call you back. Just go ahead and get everything situated. So I got on my knees. I said, God, what do I do? I don't feel comfortable. I don't. My wife is important. She lost a cousin. What do I do? I have to stand on the guy. You have to show me. I don't know what to do. I'm a new husband. I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. Five minutes later, I sat down. He called me. Mr. Hill, we're going to go ahead and terminate you. I said, all right, that was the answer. And I never heard I never heard that response from God that fast. Mm. And sometimes we uh, hear it, but we don't want to accept it. It's like you prayed. You're like, here you go. You're like, um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is the truth. Because, I, you know, and that's when I was like, okay, we lie too much, God. We ask for prayer, but when you answer it, we want it the way we want it. <laughs> you like Sorry. no, I'm rele- I'm releasing you, buddy. Yeah. And sometimes the answer comes longer, and you wish it was quicker, like that. Yes, yeah. and it's like what? So, uh, sat down. I told her. He said, "Baby, look, lost my job, and did not know the other two that were standing with me. They called them too, and and, and terminated them. Uh, and it was crazy. So, um, and I said, okay, all right, cool. 
I said, okay. And baby watched me. She, I went in the office every day and I'm like, God, what do I do? What do I do? And all I heard pastor tell me was your wife is your blessing. God loves her, her heart with her, her heart with him. He has a, she has a special relation because you married her and you chose her. God is going to always bring favor to your table. And I was like, okay. Hey, wife. Hey, love muffin. Come here. I mean, miracle. I mean, come on. Miracle, right? She is my miracle. Okay. Miracle faith. You know, so I was like, you know, babe, she said, what you want to do? She said, I'm here to serve you. What you want to do? I said, well, go to every restaurant. I mean, Call every mall. Let's see what we can do. Let's start a catering business. I already have the catering company. Let's get a build a building. And um, y'all, trust me. I had ten cent in the account. So I'm like, Lord, <laughs> this is a rough week. You know, what's going on? You know, so she called, she called, she called. And um one lady from the Townsend Mall, she was over the Townsend Mall in the Mall of Georgia. She called us. She was like, Can y'all come in? I was like, Oh snap, this is really happening. Okay, so we come in. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, we're coming in, but where's the money? <laughs> There's no the money that I count. <laughs> We're wiped clean. I, I used my last to take my wife to go see her cousin, you know, and it was just tough. And so the lady came in, and um, she was like, so what do you want to do? I said, we want to start a catering business. And she said, okay. She said, but Mr. Hill, I'm, I know you want to start a catering business. There's nothing wrong with that, but I'm looking at this bread pudding. I looked at all these menus, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Okay, you know, um, sorry, let me backtrack just two minutes. So before I met her, I sat down and I was in my in my um office like God, what 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 am I gonna do? And all I heard while she was standing was bread pretty delicious. She was like, What did you say? I said bread pretty delicious. She said, hmm? I said a bread pudding bakery. They have donuts. They have donut bakeries, they have muffin bakeries. Why we can't have a bread pudding bakery? She was like Whoa She said Are you sure I'm like Yeah that's God And she watched me As I was writing God was giving me The recipes I was writing Two cups Yes Right She's like Baby How you know All this God's giving it to me I wrote the plan Two days The whole business plan Was written I was just Okay God And God was saying This avenue Bread Pretty Licious Is going to be An avenue To open up For souls It's for winning souls You're going to be The cause to win souls, you're gonna, your business is going to be for souls. Your platform is going to be for souls only. I'm like, oh God, no, God, I want to get rich. No, I want money. I'm, I'm broke, God. I need some money. So then again, we we fast forward to the lady. We meet her. She's like, you know, and mind you, I'm not listening to God. I wrote everything. I'm like, yeah, I want to cater business and I can cook. She said, no, I'm still. I was looking at this dessert. You, all the food looks pretty, but it's just a bread pudding for me. I'm like. <laughs> really <laughs> Okay Alright God Alright She's like And everybody loves The bread pudding pictures I'm like She says So what do you want to do again Bread pudding delicious She was like Oh okay So you want to do a bread pudding bakery I'm like yeah She's like Okay so how much Are you planning on um, You know uh, Making a month What's your vision I said oh Like 5,000 a month She said hmm? She said let me help you out she said, I believe in you. That's, that's, can we put 80,000 down? And in my mind, it was really God showing me, don't lessen what he's giving you. Let your faith be high. Mm-hmm. Go high. Mm-hmm. Don't lessen yourself. Because mm-hmm. if I have a stranger that believes in you, and then God is using her to show you what she believes in you, 
So got that, got that set up. She said, well, we're going to welcome you on to town center tomorrow. We have this building for you. Um, it's going to be pretty much 2500 a month. I'm like, okay, ooh, God, I'm broke. That's all I was thinking. I don't got no money. How are we going to do this? She said, well, we're going to give you four months free. Wow. I said, okay. All right, God. You know, and whatever God works, where there's vision, there's provision. There provision. And I was like, okay. All right. And the blessings of the Lord make you rich and add no sorrow to it. So I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm like trying to add the word while I'm looking at my bank account. Like, <laughs> this is not matching God, but. Walk you by ha- faith, man, God. <laughs> you got to walk by faith and not by sight and the favor. And I'm like, okay, God, just listen. Yeah. Just Angelo, listen. So she gave me, she gave me the building and it was an old red velvet um, shop. And she was like, you're going to be in the front of the mall. I'm like, okay, cool. She said, but you have to follow the the uh, mall hours. And I said, well, where's the mall hours? She said, well, pretty much the mall hours are, you know, every day. I said, including Sundays. She said, yes. I said, mm, I don't know about Sundays. She said, is there going to be a problem? I said, well, where my faith is, Sundays is what I need. And I just truly believe Sundays need to be off for family time, fellowship, and worship. I just cannot do it. I said, I've been there before. She said, we'll work, we'll work it out. So I'm like, God, how am I going to build this? Like, I don't have no money. So car broke down one uh, one day and got a flat tire. And then um, got the flat tire. And I looked at the sign on, on the man that was doing my tire. And I said, sir, what, who did your logo? Who did your sign? And he told me about this company. And so I called the company. And the young man came out. Um, he was like, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good. He said, what are you trying to get done? I said, well, I have this building. I said, I'm be honest. I don't have nothing right now. I said, um, just trying to work on, you know, getting stuff together. He's like, okay, right. Well, let's look around. Let's see. This is what we can do. Start giving me visions. Make it quick. Started giving me everything that he can do with this building. So I'm getting excited. So he's like, well, it's going to be $10,000. I'm like, here we go again, God with the money. I don't see no money. <laughs> How is ten thousand gonna come to my hand? So, make it quick. Two days later, the lady comes downstairs and she's like, "Well, we made a decision. I'm so sorry. I know I gave you four months, and I know I told you, but we're gonna have to just collect the keys, and we're just gonna have to end this contract." I said, "I just got it." She said, "I know." She said, "And I know you sent your letters. I know you sent your scripture and what you believe. But if you're gonna be in this mall, you have to follow by hours." I said, "Okay." All right. Now, mind you, in my vision, God had me put children, ice cream, bread pudding, colors. All I seen was colors, life, joy. And in that building, it was not it. And I called my wife. I said, babe, they just terminated me. I just only been there a month just trying to get everything together. She said, all things work together for the glory of God. I said, I don't want to hear that. You know, mm-hmm. that's my wife. I'm, man, man. Yeah. I don't want to hear that, but thank you, baby. And But it stuck to my heart. So a week later, the same lady called me. She was like, Mr. Hill. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, can you come by back to the mall? I said, yeah. She said, I have one building I want you to look at. Y'all, I walked in that building. It was on the other side of the mall. And she said, you're able to get your Sundays and Mondays off, and it'll be $1,500 cheaper. I said, okay, in my mind, where's the money? Look how selfish we get. I'm like, mm. okay, where's the money? So she opened up the building. It had all black tar on it to fend them to block the, for the view. I walked in there. Y'all was colors everywhere. They already had the ice cream machine. They had the hose where you put the dispensers in. 
and it used to be a whole yogurt place, a, a cereal yogurt place. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> Some of your vision. <laughs> it was the vision. Yeah. And I said, God, what? She said, and we'll still give you four months free. I said, okay. And we're almost done. We're almost done. So <laughs> then the young man that was over the signs came in and he said, I told him we have a new spot. He said, okay, well, I'm on the way. He looked around. He said, yes, Poppy. He's Dominican. He said, yes, Poppy. I'm like, is he calling me daddy? He said, yes, Poppy. He said, yes, Poppy. This is you, Poppy. He said, we can do it. I said, okay. He said, but can I tell you a story? I'm like, oh, God. I'm being honest. I'm frustrated. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. He was like, so I was in the car, and I have a business partner. I said, okay. He said, um, you know, we were driving, and, you know, I pooed it. I said, you did what? <laughs> and in my mind, you know, I'm like, okay, this is really childish. I don't want to hear this. Mm. And God told me, shut up. Listen. I'm like, look, I'm, my posture changed. I'm just looking at him like, you're crazy. And he was like, yeah, I pooed it. I said, you pooed it? He said, yeah, I pooed it. I said, what is that? He said, like, you know, you made a poot sound. So I'm laughing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I said, you pooed it? He said, yes. He said, I pooed it in the car. And my partner got mad at me. And he got out the car. He told me to get in the back and he'll drive. So he, he said, so I, I, in my dream, I got in the back. He drove. And in my mind, I'm like, he's just crazy. I let him drive. I didn't want to drive anyway. This is his dream. He said, and his partner locked the door, put the car in drive, jumped out the car with him in it, and ran it into the river. And I was like, huh? I said, what? He said, listen to me, Poppy, listen. I said, okay. He said, and I woke up and said, God, what was this dream? Mm-hmm. He said, what is this dream? He said, I went and God told me that my partner was my enemy. So the dream was to tell me that my partner was my enemy. He said, so I didn't want to believe God. So I got to work and my son called me and he said, Poppy, I want to come work with you. And he said, you know, in my field, I don't believe in making my kids do what I do. He said, but for my child to want to work with me, I was happy. So I told my partner, hey, my child wants to work with me, my son. My partner said, no, I don't want your son working with us. No, no kids. He's like, my son is grown. I don't want that. He said the next week his partner had his son working after he had denied his son to work with him, which opened his eyes to to show him that God was telling him that his partner was his enemy. So God told him to make a change. So the next day, 50000 was missing out of his account. He was telling me this. And he was like, the only person that had access was the partner. And he told the partner, why did you take the money? He was like, I didn't take the money. But if I took it, I have a right. It's part of my business. He's like, no, I I asked you to come aboard. I bought the stuff. And he said, Poppy, he looked at me and said, Poppy, God told me to let it go. Give him everything. I said, okay. And look at me, I'm so carnal-minded. I don't care about what he's going through. I'm like, how are you going to deal with me? You know. And he was like, so, Poppy, I'm going to have manna signs. I said, what? He said, God says manna. It's manna. It's going to be manna signs. I said, okay. He said, I'm going to let everything go, and God's going to bless me. So for that, I'm going to bless your business, and I'm going to do everything for free right now. He said, and when God bless you, you take care of me. I'm like, you know what? What if I was stupid and didn't hear that story? So then Bread Put Delicious came about. And it was tough. It was not easy running Bread Put Delicious. The the first six months was rough. But in in the roughness, there were souls coming. Mm-hmm. 
coming in the pivotal point of my life, coming for Christ. And that was an avenue. And a lot of souls have been saved this far. And to just to see now where we're at and to see even the corporate come down and say, hey, we're going to give you this special rent amount. Don't tell anybody because you have brought a light to this business. I'm like, what? And then I come to church. And, of course, our lovely, wonderful overseer, Thomas Anthony Pulliam Sr., he hears God. So he just makes a joke on the pulpit. Huh, ain't God good? I'm like, he told you. <laughs> He's like, give him a praise. I'm like, yes, he is good. He said, didn't I tell you God was going to bless you? Didn't I tell you that God was going to use bread for delicious to draw souls and families to Christ? He said, because your hands are blessed. And it brought back to the intent of why I cook, to bring people together. So that was just to encourage anybody. No, it's going to look rough. I mean, at one point I was $16,000 behind on the rent. And I'm like, God, why did you give me this? And I'm not making enough money to get it done. And then the the, the owner and the corporate come down and say, we're just looking around. I'm like, God, we about to lose this, this bread, just bread for the bakery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is crazy. And it was God really humbling me. It was mm-hmm. to a place where even though I learned that people will say they'll bless you, I take care of you. Just, just, you know, take your time. And when God bless you, I learned, it may sound crazy, I learned not to believe that. Because men are fickle. Mm-hmm. We cannot be trustworthy. They can't trust a man. But the God in them is what you trust because God will prick their heart to make sure mm-hmm. the integrity is in place. But I had to learn we're so quick to make the, make the, the you know, hey, I'll bless you and have patience with you, but until you start running out of money, you know, and I started learning, okay. So God had to humble me. And at that time, that man walked in my building, was looking around like, okay, what can we do with this building? I'm like, okay, we're about to lose. I just got on my knees. I didn't care if they was in there. And I just closed my eyes and prayed to God, what do I do? What do I do, God? What do I do? And then we sold our home, and it was crazy. We sold our home at almost triple. And it was like, what? God, what did you just do? And I was able to take everything and take, pay, and take, and take care of everybody, pay everything off. And it was crazy because I was like, God, how did you do this? I'm looking at the worst, and I'm praising God, and I'm still opening up knowing the situation, not knowing the owner was down there looking around, telling them, no, we're going to keep him. But I was nervous, like, oh, God, I owe this man. This man said he was going to wait on me, and now he's on my phone telling me to pay him. And I'm like, I thought you said God said, (laughs) (laughs) you're bugging me every day. I don't have the money. I'm not trying to get over on you. You know, but it was it was teaching me that, no, you have to trust God. You have to trust God, his timing, because sometimes he may be working on the other individual, you know, because of what they spoke and knowing their heart intent, you know, and I had to learn, okay, be patient, you know, so that's bread for delicious and God has been a blessing. I met you, you know, it just, so we're excited, you know, bread for delicious is doing very well right now. You know, a lot of, a lot of families come on board and just, you know, just want to help out and, me and my family, me and my wife has gotten even closer. Now we have two children. When we started, we didn't have none. You know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that's been a challenge, yeah. but it's been a blessing. And I'm, yeah. I'm truly grateful for Bread Put Delicious and our catering business, um, Collard Greens and Blessings Catering. So it's just um, I'm excited, and, we, and we're really looking forward to spread out even more. And really the vision I ask God for is to franchise it and make sure that I make the right decision to choose the right leadership that's going to that's going to do the same thing and that's going to have and 
German and Japan and bread publishers everywhere, but that avenue is going to be open to have Christianite souls get saved. Because a lot of times mm-hmm. we say we're a Christian business, but we're not relying. And I learned that by the stands I had to make, make even at the um, the mall mm-hmm. when they told me put Jesus down. I'm like, what? Yeah, the, the the office doesn't like you having Jesus on your sign and on your wall. I'm like, I'm not doing that. They were like, well, you have to. That's a part of your contract. I said, well, if it's a part of my contract, I need to go inside of the Spencer stores and all the other stores that has things that are not appropriate for my eyes and offensive and take it down. That lady came back to me and said, I, I, I am so sorry, Ms. Till. I apologize. You're correct. And we will not bother you again. So when I started making those stands, I started learning like, okay, we say we Christian business, but are we really standing for Christ? Or are we standing for the money that we need to make? Because if you stand for Christ, you're going to lose. You're going to lose a lot. And it's a, it's a good lose because you got to say, okay, am I really in it for money or am I really in it for souls? And that's where the testing comes. So God will make sure you don't get you don't get what your desire is because you said you was there for souls. So he's like, okay, I'm going to take care of your home, take care of your business. I'm going to bless you, but it ain't how you want it because I may need you at this place for that soul. I can't have you too high because you may you may – Turn that soul away, and you may need to be there to build them where they need to be at. And I learned that it takes a lot. So, bread for delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you also share with me well, with the employees you guys work with and have, and mm-hmm. um, and you you just talked about how families come in and and you know they're reached by the employees from you guys. Um, I just that's just that's awesome. So, um, that's an example of patience, faith, listening, trusting. All right there. And I got to say, mine was just tested this past week because, you know, I do a monthly trivia show for nonprofits. And last night was or Wednesday night was for the Etowah Scholarship Foundation. And the week before was spring break. Right. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of people were gone and I only had 10 tickets sold. And I've been averaging 60 people at these events. So I was nervous and I was like, man, what am I going to do? And so my wife and I started praying. You know, we pray every month, man. God, please bring us the attendees. And it was like the floodgates opened <laughs> the Monday morning because we had 71 people there. Yeah. Wow. You know, and it's like, you know, week with 10 tickets to 71 people coming. It was just, you know, so it, it, it's just awesome to learn. And you and I talked about, too, one of the things that uh, sometimes can be annoying but also a little dangerous, too, are when people walk around and they have to profess that they're Christians, mm-hmm. right, in a Christian business. And instead of leading by example like you've been doing, you know, and talk about God be the glory, uh, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, so I gotta go back. I'm gonna go back to Miracle for a second, okay? Because she's the real boss. Uh, no, no, right? no, 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 no. Well, I know God's the real boss, but of you guys, she's the real boss. Um, but I'm gonna. Sh- I, I, I beg to differ. She's, <laughs> she's different, y'all. She's different. Yeah, I can't well, agree with that. On <laughs> well, that's all right. So, uh, I just from your perspective, I just like to hear the story how you guys met. I mean, you robbed the cradle, as they say, from what I just heard. So how we met? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> uh, how did we meet? We met. Um, okay, so <laughs> my roommate in college um, was an RA. She was a resident assistant, and they worked together as RAs, right? Um, I stayed with my roommate, and uh, at this time in my life, I was really at a pivotal point in my relationship with God, and I was not living a Christian life at that time. And God was like, hey, you got to get back to me now. This is your spiritual life is at stake. You got to find me now. I got to get, you got to get back to me or or you're done. And I was so convicted. I was like, look, 
I'm not from here. And she had been she had been living in Atlanta for a while. Uh, so she knew the locals and everybody. So I say, you know, do you know somebody who um, has a local church here? You know, do you know somebody who has a church? I, I got to get to a church. And at the time, I was really honestly just trying to save my soul from hell. I wasn't really, really trying to get a relationship with God again. I was really just trying to save, <laughs> save myself. You know what I mean? Like, you know how people don't really... I don't really. I didn't really want to live the life at the time. I just wanted to save myself, and then that's my honesty. That's my mm-hmm. truth. Okay, and so I said, you know what? I just got to get to. I just got to get to church. And so she said, "Well, I have a um a brother. That's what she said. She calls that's it. She, she said, said this is my brother. I I work with my brother, and he uh, has a home church. And I'll let him know that we're going to go to church on Sunday. Well, she um she worked." Uh, nights and weekends and all this stuff, and so she, uh, she said, "Well, I talked to him. He's gonna pick us up, and we're gonna go to church, okay?" But she worked late the night before and ended up going to, um, going to her cousin's house that night, and so she says, "Well, I just I'm gonna meet y'all. He's gonna pick you up in the morning. I'm gonna um, come home, get dressed, and meet y'all at church." And I say, "Okay." I wake up that morning and I get dressed and. I wake up to a text message giving me the directions to the church, and I'm like, well, I don't have a car, and I don't have no money for an Uber. I ain't going to tell you that because I didn't know you at the time, mm-hmm. right? So no, we, ain't, we ain't met each other yet. <laughs> and so uh, I'm ready, and then she gets home and says, well, why are you still here? I said, yeah, he didn't He didn't come get me. He uh, said he had to go pick up his brother uh, a little good ways away, and um, I know here I am. I'm still here. And so I was like, I'm done with folks. I don't want to go to nobody's church. I don't want to go to your church for sure. I'm not, I'm like, I'm done with that. So I didn't go. And he said, he, he called me and said, Hey, we are we're only having a short service this morning. I, uh, I'll pick you up for the evening service. And like I said, at the time, I was just trying to clear myself with God. I wasn't trying to really have no relationship with him. So I wasn't trying to like go out of my way. <laughs> he couldn't pick me up for the morning service, and I wasn't trying to have an afternoon service. I was like four thirty. When who he, who has church at four thirty? At <laughs> oh, this is my truth, y'all. And he says, um, "I said, well, don't pick me up in no four thirty. I ain't going no four thirty service. Uh, you pick me up next week for the morning service, and then once I'm done with that, you know, I go home and have my dinner ready for Sunday." <laughs> and and so she calls him. Upset because I'm still there, right? And tells him, "Hey, why you ain't pick her up?" And so she puts him on speaker, and he's talking me down. He said, "Yep, black women, you know they don't they don't want to um, seriously live for God. That's why I don't fool with black folks. They just oh they just not. <laughs> that's why I don't fool with the black women. That's why I can't stand them. I, mean, I had issues, baby. And I was really bad. <laughs> oh and uh, meanwhile, he's on speakerphone, so I'm listening. It's like she ain't serious about God. She ain't want no real relationship with God. And I listen. I'm talking about just. Tear me down on the phone, but he's on speakerphone, so I hear it. <laughs> and so I said, "Cool, cool." She got on the phone with him. I was like, "I ain't going to nobody church who has that view." I just trying to get back the guy, right? So, long story, I did not go. Finished out that school year that was close to Christmas. Um, went home for Christmas and came back. Met this man of God on the elevator, elevator singing. <laughs> he was going in, y'all. Jesus will fix it for you. Okay, so he going in, and I'm like, okay, what's up? <laughs> we singing on, we sing, 
I mean, we had maybe like two or three other people on the, yeah, on the elevator. We just singing. And, and so we finished our little verse. And I said, hey, what's your name? Well, no, he said, no, yo, he I said, said what's, what's name? my name? Mm-hmm. And I, I said, I'm Miracle. He says. Miracle? Yeah. <laughs> she said, Angelo. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> You're who I oh, was God. avoiding before. So <laughs> I was like, hey, so we we talked it out because we had a little disagreement about him not picking me up. <laughs> so once we resolved that, you know, we were like besties ever since. And then God worked that to like, mm. I woke up like nine months later and I was like, told my mom, I said, mama. I think I'm falling in love with my best friend. I don't know if that's like permitted. <laughs> like I don't want to do that. So she was like, "Well, you know, just let the Lord lead you." She said, "Pray about it." She said, "Don't tell him nothing right now." So she just said, "Just pray about it and just don't tell him nothing." <laughs> and so I let that prayer go for a while and uh, looked up in uh, at what was it November? He produ- he um, came to me and was like, "You know, I believe that." I believe that you're my wife. I believe that, you know, God has um, predestinated us to be together and for you to help me with my vision. Um, and that was the long story short. <laughs> and it was a lot of important things in the middle of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a marriage. We're about, yeah, right. yeah. See, a That's lot a of it, you know, even with well, at that time, I was angry because being at a church where I was at, it broke all of the pain that I chose to be at another church. And it seemed like everybody around me that was in my culture were faking God. I had never seen anybody lay down that was in my culture on the floor and, and cry to God. It was always an image and over God. But after church, we're going to go smoke weed and do everything else. And we're still going to be saved. So I had a view of mm-hmm. just Religion. black women and just the damage. So I seen the, the, um, what the practices just of what she was saying, how she was doing. I'm like, no, you're fake. No, yeah. no. I was, I was I religious. Seen, I was religious. You I know, was. all I seen <laughs> at that pivotal point in ministry where I'm at mm-hmm. now was truth. No, be who you are. No, serve God. No, quit all the antics. Be who you are. Trust the Lord. No, it don't take all that. Cause I'd rather you not shout and speak in tongue and love your brother. You don't need to speak in tongues, shout, and play this antic role like you got God, but you got hatred in your heart. Mm-hmm. So that was in my I, that was in my teaching. So I was like, no, I don't even want. No, he was I don't, hard, y'all. I don't he was want, hard. I don't <laughs> I want. Stand him. I don't want that type with me. Yeah. No, I want you to be honest. I want to know who you are. I want to know your your downfalls, your ups and downs, your bad days, good days, because that's all I was used to. Because mm-hmm. it broke me. Because I came from that type of environment. I came with the church was you know the image and. You know, we're going to look like we're holy. And if you get baptized, that's all that matters. And you can go sin and you can club. But as long as you got baptized, you're going to make it to heaven. And that damaged me. So when God shifted me here to Heaven Harvest Ministry, it was like, ooh, this is tough being here. Oh, I am. Man, I'm not holy. Ooh, man. Oh, man, I don't know God. And it was a. And it wasn't demeaning the teaching. The word of God was teaching like, okay, I got a lot of work to do. So it brought humility yeah. in my heart. It brought humbleness in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize, okay, and I told her I have issues. That's my problem because I don't want nobody faking my life. I'd rather you say, hey, I'm not close to God. I have these issues, but uh-huh. I love God, <laughs> and I'm trying to work it out. Man, I'll be your best friend. But don't put a role speaking in tongue and putting an image with a collar on your neck, but yeah. you're still hating people. Mm-hmm. 
you still out there doing what you want to do and you're being faced. So that was the issue at the time that I was dealing with while in school because pastor had put me on a mission while we were in school that we met. I had a men's group that pastor was teaching me. He really was putting me in the position to, to, to understand what, what he was now. going through. Because <laughs> sometimes we he see pastors, but we don't know the spiritual weight they're carrying. That's why a lot of them are dying right now and because it's a weight. They have to yes. carry the weight of those souls. They have mm-hmm. to deal with issues. And I've mm-hmm. watched this man that got up three services, still a father, still a, still a husband, still going to school, going to, going to recital practices. After that, go to teach Bible study, go to Bible mm-hmm. study at 430 and stay to midnight to sit there and talk to people and take care of people and put gas in their car. I watched that. And I watched him still get up and make every appointment, still get up and don't have no sleep. So it was breaking me like, yeah, we don't really know God because this man loved God. Who was this man? Mm-hmm. Who are you, man? How are you surviving? They just told you they don't care about you, and you just paid for a whole year for them to live in their place because they didn't have no money, and they came out your pocket, not the church pocket. What? I've mm-hmm. never heard a pastor say, I don't need your tithes and offering. I've never heard that. No, I'm a man of God. I'm a husband. I take care of my own family. I don't need your tithes and offering. If you don't love God, keep your money. We'll be okay. So just going through that, and we learn each other. And I was going through because I was in class dealing with the death of my mom, teaching seven people in there that was hard-headed, <laughs> just like me, and I had to minister to them mm-hmm. and deal with their fight and deal with their personal lives, deal with their sicknesses, deal with everything. Like, Lord, what are you doing? I ain't called to this. I'm dealing with my life. I got to preach to them every Wednesday. So I, had a, I was dealing with reality. And seeing she was in a, her own way of churchy. God be the glory. That's religious. How are you saying God be the glory? Mm-hmm. But you're drinking wine every night. And you're getting now. drunk. I so that was my. Scotto. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Come on. And that point of view with me and her meeting, you know, everything she said was true. But the middle part of what me being involved in it was I didn't like her. We did not like each other. No, we did not. It was just Let's like, hey, you my brother, you my sister. And then I invited her to church. She came three Sundays, and pastor, pastor said, woman of God, you on the praise team. I'm like, hold on. Dad, hold on. I got to go dad now. Dad, what you doing? <laughs> I've been here 11 years. Yeah, You made us live a life that's pleasing to God before we even got on the pulpit. Yeah, And if our spirits are not right Sundays, you sit us down because it's, it's a privilege to get on that pulpit. It's not It's not. It's not willed and gained. No, it's an mm-hmm. honor to get in the holy place because that holy place is a direction from God into that servant, that mm-hmm. man of God. And a lot of times sin has been put into the pulpit. Dancing mm-hmm. from the world has been put in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. TikTok has been put, put in the pulpit. Yep. When the Bible says if you do if you do his, his will in secret, he'll reward you openly. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that teaching we were getting, and we're young, y'all. Our ministry is young. Mm-hmm. But now 95% of our ministry is married with children. Unheard of, no sicknesses, no death, unheard of. So, and it's only because our pastor's preaching holiness and righteousness. No, y'all can't live it. No, you can live safe. No, you, you yes. can't live perfect. But yes. you're going to you're going to fight. You're going to work through your things. You're going to go through the process, yes. and that's a part of it. Be honest with yourself. So, as we were going through the process, I'm like, well, she's on a price and bullcrap. This is not. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Yeah. And then she, then he said, "Woman of God, God says you're going to protect the money." So when they were when they would serve and they would count, she would stand guard at the door, and I'm like, "What? This is not cool." Like, no. So every every Wednesday we have to pick her up, and we have to from Alpharetta, no, from Dunwoody, we have to drive to Conyers, 
and have practice. <laughs> so that journey every day started building our relationship. relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yeah. started talking about everything. You did what? Oh, I did this for real. Girl, that's crazy. You did this? Yes. What? Oh, that's crazy. Yes, my past was crazy. I was crazy. For real. So we started building that brother-sister bond. Mm-hmm. I truly believe this marriage was a trap by God. That's why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> So and I had no I was not turned on with her. I was like, no, no. Mm-hmm. I want me Hispanic. I want me Caucasian. I don't want to deal with nobody black. That's my, my mindset. I don't want to deal with it. I'm tired of it. His issue. rant that he went on. I just went on it. And God was like, <laughs> so not knowing God told Pastor mm-hmm. that she was my wife. He didn't tell me yet. <laughs> so he rebuking he me so on Sundays. Rant. He didn't tell me. Either. If you want to be a man of God, you can't be a man of God living with another man. You got to be a man of God. Get on your own. You the head of your household. You got to take care of your family. You can't be doing this. If you want to trust God, go get your own. Go buy your land. I'm like, I feel like you're hitting me right now. What are you talking Why are you rebuking me? I'm good. Why are you? But he was preparing me for what I did not know. So through the timing, our bond got close. She bought me a gift, and it's like everything that I had a list on what I was going to put a woman through to see if she meets the qualification. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God put me through it before I would start dating. And she was like, I got you, man of God. Let me leave school. I'll go help you. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm a man. I, I, I fixed my own tire. I called my brothers. No one answering. Who shows up? Miracle. So my pride is intact. I'm like, oh. And I had a finals test that night. <laughs> yes. And I said, don't worry about it, woman of God. God will bless you for the finals from helping me. God will bless you. Don't worry about it. Because of your faith going out, taking care of me, God will bless you. She went back. She got an A. They blessed her. They got favor. But it shocked me because I'm like, at that time in my place, I'm like, man, I'm going through. And this woman is always there. What is this? No, I don't want this. And Mm -hmm. she didn't tell you the part what um, I had left and went to work that Sunday. I was wrong. I, I had a place in my life at that job. I was in I was in fear because I was in a place of trying to please people. And my boss was like, "You need to work Sundays." So I'm like, "Oh crap! I'm gonna get rebuked for this because I don't I don't believe in this, but I gotta go into work." So Pastor told her, "Hey, woman of God, pray for Angel." And I didn't know. He said, "Pray for Angel. He's about to change. God's about to change his heart. So be ready. So make sure you pray." Now I don't know. I didn't know she liked me. <laughs> in my mind I'm like boo I don't want her that's my sister I love her I don't want her Yeah. so I'm in my dorm which is the apartment and I'm like after I get off of work I'm like man I'm about to get rebuked my pastor about to give it to me cause I know better I'm a leader I'm supposed to stand on God's word what made me fail to go back to work on Sundays I know I'm wrong so I got rebuked of course he called me rebuked me real good you a leader man of God God is first God ain't never failed you I'm like okay I get off the phone, man. I'm driving. I'm like, why is miracle on my heart? Uh-uh. I'm in the car like, no, God. No. No. I don't want her. No. And my heart just started flowing. I'm like, no, this is crazy. No, no, no. I'm in the car. I'm in my now I'm in my room like, no, God. No. I I, I thought I was schizo. I'm in there talking to God. No. No, God. Mm-hmm. Take her out of my heart. Take her out of my heart. And all I heard God says, no. Get over what your anger is. You stereotyping. She loves you. She's your sister. She's been there. She loves God. Get over yourself. I'm like, all right, God. If this is it, God, don't let it hurt me, please. That was my truth. Don't let it hurt me. I've been damaged too long. Don't let it hurt me. 
because my heart loves and I love deep. Don't let it hurt me. So a week later, it was just like, hey, this is it. Um, Miracle, let's meet up. You're my wife. <laughs> she's like, she's like um, okay. You're my, okay. What is the movie? I mean, what is the bakery? Is it Einstein or Einstein? Einstein Bagels. Yes. Yeah. On Peace Street, done with it. Yeah. And, I, and she was like, um, okay. Um, well, I do like you. I'm like, yeah, let's go ahead and talk now. We can tell you what. Overseer pre- prepared me, though. While you were in that church. But I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. He's like, pray for the man of God, but God finna get ready to give you everything that you want. He said, but you, um, he's like, pray for him because, you know, he was, his mother was. Um, ill at the time. Uh, yeah, ill. And uh, I said, okay, well, but he said, but <laughs> God's finna get ready to flip his heart, turn his heart. He said, something to get ready to hit his chest, right? And it, that's how he did it. He said, boom. To, and to I didn't know none of this, y'all. And so he said, he said, yeah, but he told me that that Sunday and that Monday was, he said, he told me, um, that previous week, he said, we need to meet up on Monday. So I did that. I made sure I was cute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then we met up, and he said, well, okay. So God had already prepared me, but we didn't date. We courted. Because mm-hmm. we were best friends, we courted with the intent to marry. But um, that's how God did it. But And we didn't touch each other. That's that's my honest truth. Yeah. Because I think in ministry, you'd be honest. Right. Yeah. We didn't touch each other. It was hard. It was, I didn't tell her that. You know, it was, I didn't yeah. tell her that. Had right. Stay before the Lord. Oh, it's it's amazing how God works. <laughs> I'm always talking about how He works in mysterious ways, and I love. There's a lot of things to love about God, but I think the most thing I like about Him is a sense of humor because <laughs> yes, He's got he a big does. one. He does. Yes, He does. Yes. Real, real quick, just share about the catering uh, business, and do you guys specially, you know, have a special events or anything that you? do? Yeah, we do. We cater to. Um, Every event, you know, um, not every event where it's going to put us in a place of disrupting our, our belief in God. But um, we do um, weddings, you know, um, we do what uh, church events. We we do pretty much do a, everything. You know, we cater corporate catering, you know, from fine dining to soul food. We do it all. You know, we just God has gifted our hands to do it all. And um, our catering company is um, Collard Greens and Blessings Catering. And um, we have another one that's on the way. It's called the Blue Kitchen. We're working on that right now. I am on YouTube um, under Colleges and Blessings Catering. We're doing uh, cooking shows in my big blue kitchen. <laughs> nice. So we're nice. working on some things, and um, in the future, working on some restaurants that um, that we're coming together with. But we cater to everybody. So if somebody's listening and wants to get a hold of you for your catering or about Bread Pretty Delicious, how can they get a hold of you guys? Well, they can go to breadputtylicious.com. It has our link with the catering, um, www.breadputtylicious.com. And also they can call us at 678-984-8594, and we'll be gladly to assist and serve. That's our biggest thing, service. We serve. So Awesome. So, Angelo Miracle, do you guys mind sticking around and listening to this next guest? Yes, exciting. All right. So, well, you guys, we learned before the uh, the show that you guys share the same birthday. You're a year apart, mm-hmm. and you guys have both your father's Right, same sure. birthday. Same birthday. Same All right, birthday. so my next guest tonight, we found out we're twins, separated at birth. No, 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 right. no. We look nothing alike. Right, right. So, no, it's pretty cool that. Uh, so, Tara Key from the Bird Insurance Agency, thanks for being here this morning. And we met at the Carswell Business Club. We learned that we share the same birthday, not only we the did. exact same birthday, but the exact same day and year. Yeah, you right. know. So it's pretty cool. And and you guys have stepped up and and being one of my sponsors all year long. For for the trivia and we'll yes, talk sir. about that in a second so i really appreciate that but mm-hmm. um 
I'd like for you to share your story because uh, you're you're involved in the community. You you love giving back. You have a passion and caring heart. So please sure. share your story. Absolutely. So it must be a day for ministry kind of stuff because um, when I got into insurance, it was because of ministry. Um, I had no intention to do insurance, but that was the last thing on my mind. You know, usually lawyers and insurance agents are the two most hated people in the world. So <laughs> I didn't want to be either one of them. Um, but I was working in uh, North Carolina with the reemployment services and my contract was running out. And my friend said, hey, why don't you, uh, you know, come to insurance with me? And I'm thinking, I talk to people about their soul all the time and, mm-hmm. you know, being prepared to leave this earth, you know, why not talk to them about being prepared for their family um, to be able to have what I call the privilege to grieve? Um, because, it is a privilege to be able to know that you're taken care of and that you don't have to go back to work tomorrow if something happens to your loved one today right. um, to or have to worry about a GoFundMe. GoFundMe should never even be an option for people for funeral expenses, and too yeah. often that's what we see. Right. Um, and unfortunately, I've lived through both scenarios. And so um, I thought, well, you know what? That is the perfect ministry to be able to talk to people. And, and it's been amazing how many folks I've been able to be a blessing to and be able to sit down with. Um, and so over the last, uh, 10 plus years, um, that's what I've done. It's, it's kind of grown and of course gone into other things and not just life insurance, of course, but also, uh, now taking care of their home and their auto and taking care of business insurance and key person insurance and all those other things too for businesses. So, um, you know, it's kind of expanded, but ministry most definitely is the reason that I got into insurance because I wanted to make sure that, um, people were covered from A to Z and that families were taken care of, um, you know, in the most needed time in their lives. Nobody wants to have a their home burned down, but if it does, we want to make sure that they're covered. Definitely. Um, nobody wants to be in a car accident, but we want to make sure that they're covered. So so I think it's kind of cool because we network with some other insurance agents uh, in our group, and, and everybody that I've met so far, networking type, you guys, uh, they're you and a couple other people, you guys really take to heart of taking care of the people. Right. You you Sorry. not only can talk to them, but you'll go to them if need be and sit down mm-hmm. with them. Um, I know we were with a company and, and I was with a company before and the gentleman who was uh, the head of the agency um, passed away unexpectedly. And then the person that took over, we've never met. Right. We got a letter. This is your new agent, but we've never seen them. Oh, right. Right. You know, and so obviously I'm not with them anymore and, and, and things like that. So I, I just think it's great that there are people out there who still mm-hmm. care about the people. Absolutely. Um, share a little bit about bird insurance, please. So bird insurance actually is uh, the oldest in Paulding County. We've been around since 1910. I know I look great for 113. Absolutely. We like to say that we built our nest in 1910, um, you know, with the bird um birdisms there um and so we've been uh, you know we're around for a very long time and um which makes uh makes us very trustworthy because we don't intend to go anywhere um you know we're going to be around you know we've been around for your parents your grandparents your great-grandparents probably your great-great-grandparents mm-hmm. and we intend to be around for your great-great-grandchildren um because we really do believe in uh, keeping things local and keeping things um, 
transparent with our customers and being there for them, whether you need to make a payment, whether you need to come in and ask a million questions about your policy. We have some people every time they their renewal comes about and we're looking at, you know, a different company or whatever, because we need to save them a little bit of money. Um, and they ask the same exact questions every single time. But we want you to be educated. And if it's educating you every single six months or every single year about those things, then that's what we want to do. And so um, we're accessible to our clients. And so um, being those things and being that way to our clients has kept us around all of these years. And so um, that's not going to change. Um, you know, no matter how who owns the agency right now, that is Madge Loving Good. Um, and so as that, um, you know, someday she's going to, um, you know, not going to be 113 years old and, and she's going to need to, you know, have that perpetuation pay, plan in place. And whoever is next is mm-hmm. going to, uh, you know, have those same values um, of being transparent and educating those clients and make sure that um, we're accessible. Um, and so uh, having been that way and continuing to be that way um, has kept us around and will keep us around for a while. And it's not that large of an agency, right? Is there four, four of you? Right now there's four of us, but we are growing and we're very <laughs> excited about that. Um, you know, we've actually uh, brought on a couple of new people. One will start next week and uh, Tim Rogers is starting with us. Um, he's going to be an outside salesperson. So I may be dragging him around to a few things with me. And um, then I'm we sorry, have Tim. Oh, man. <laughs> I know you can't see this, but I'm about to smack him. Um, and so, uh, and then we have a young lady named Erin that's going to be doing some stuff with us as well. She's starting in the middle of May. And then, uh, you know, we have a couple of other people that we're um, looking at. And so uh, we're growing and it's because um, our clientele is growing and we need to make sure that we grow with them and that we um, are there for them so that, you know, if I'm not available to take a call, I've, I've had three calls while I'm sitting here. And, um, you know, I, I need to make sure that I can pass that off to somebody who is just as capable and just as, uh, you know, trustworthy as I am. If they can't get a hold of me, they yes. know that Christy or Louise or Tim or Aaron or whoever can take just as good a care of them as I will. Um, and all of our folks are incredibly, incredibly knowledgeable and patient and um, whatever they need to be with our folks. Um, because when you have clients like Brian or, um, you know, whoever um, that may be like him, uh, you know, you have to We're have the patience. best. You have Come to on now. <laughs> so, yeah. And the bird is the word. Right bird now. is the word. Bird That's right. right. I started that hashtag. I'm sure it's going to catch on. And, you know, B-Y-R-D is how we spell our name. And then when I do the word, it's W-Y-R-D. Um, so if you do that hashtag, you know, on Facebook or whatever, I kind of started that. So um, oh, that's my it. new thing. So. There you go. Bird there you go. The word. So as I mentioned, uh, imagine yourself and uh, your agency, our uh, sponsor, one of our sponsors, the Lux sponsor for the trivia all along. So again, I want to thank you for that. But sure. why is it important for you guys to be involved in the community? So giving back to the community is just one of the ways that we say thank you for the community supporting us. Um, you know, it's hard as insurance agents to give to people because of regulations and whatever. And so it's hard for us to even for even just little gifts for referrals or whatever. So making sure that the community sees that we're out there doing what we can to sponsor events like the trivia nights and knowing that we are doing our part in uh, giving back monetarily and time and, um, uh, you know, whatever we can to make sure that those things are 
supported in the best way possible um, are important to us because that way they know that, um, you know, we're not just sitting on our haunches collecting a paycheck and and saying, okay, well, you've given to me now, you know, that's all it's about because that's not what it's about. It's about you're giving to us and we're taking what you're doing and we're giving to others because these people, um, you know, like Pettit Preserve or the Scholarship Foundation or the Footprints on the Heart who are helping moms who've lost children or families who have lost children, um, you know, you can't do enough for people like that. And so um, Brian and his fundraisers and the trivia nights and things like that are helping in ways that we could never go out and help just as the four of us or as the little few of us. And so knowing that we are making an impact on people that we could never touch otherwise um, and giving back is, is just one of the things that we do to say, Hey, thank you as a community for giving to us so that we can give back to people who, who need us in their time. And the cool thing is if anybody's listening and has a business that want to sponsor this, uh, this particular event that I do every month, you're helping 12 charities all year long, right? So it's not just one charity. You're helping 12 different charities that touch a lot of people. So, um, and and people that come out and support it every month who, whether they come out and just enjoy the food and Mm -hmm. have a good time. I know you and Madge like having a good time, right? Cause no, we don't like having a good time. They're probably some (laughs) of the loudest folks when they're there. So by the way, we missed you guys Wednesday night. I know, I know, you know, I'm the executor of the estate for my aunt's, um, stuff and, when we finally were able to get in there, she died last May. When we were finally able to get in there, I was just sworn in two weeks ago. So her home has been sitting and it was sitting through the freeze, even though we turned the water off. When we turned the water back on, uh, we realized there was a pipe that had burst. Mm. And um, so we had a massive um, you know, amount of damage from that. And so Wednesdays were the only days that I could get out there during the week to get the remediation team, the plumber, the, you know, all these people out there to check things out. And so um, we have a ton of damage on top of all the other stuff that are, that's going on. So um, yeah, I did not get back till, till kind of late on Wednesday evening. So yeah, but we won third place the the month before before. um and so yeah i i'm excited to get back next month and uh take first place i'm i'm picking Mm -hmm. and choosing my team though very carefully i need people who know some trivia um because you know um my my team has to be a little smarter. So, so some people <laughs> some people think that I've rigged this because the title sponsor won the first month, first place. Mm-hmm. The the next month, uh, both sponsors will finish second and third because Doctor Fahrenheit was second. At, or oh, too that. funny! And they actually no, they won last month. That's what it was. And you guys got third. And then last night, the title sponsor. Our Wednesday night, they actually finished in second again. So I'm not rigging this just because my sponsors are there. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, no. So that's actually what you were talking about with your, your was it you say your grandmother's house? My aunt's your house. Your aunt's house. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give a little, uh, some tips or advice for insurance based on, you know, just kind of that situation? <laughs> sure. Um, well, first of all, make sure you know what your coverages are. Um, you know, read through your policy as stupid as that sounds, you know, make sure that you're taking time to read your policy. And if you don't know what it means, go sit down with your agent. And if they are not going to take time to go through it with you and explain to you what these coverages are, and you don't have coverage that 
is going to cover you if something happens. Now, there are some coverages that you can't add to a policy. Um, like you can't add a flood policy unless you're in a flood zone, you know, because, well, for first of all, you don't want to add a flood policy if you're not in a flood zone because it's a waste of money. But, um, you know, if you don't have the backup of water and sewer on your policy, you are in a huge, huge risk because if water backs up through your toilets or your sinks or your tubs and does damage to your home, you're not covered. So all of the damage that comes through that, any rising water that comes up through those those systems are not going to be covered by your homeowner's policy. And if you don't have that one particular uh, endorsement, you're not covered. That's very easy to check and it's very inexpensive. If you don't have the mold and fungus um, endorsement on your policy, um, you're not covered if that is found in your home. And that's a very inexpensive coverage. If you don't have uh, replacement costs or you, on your contents, then you're going to get actual cash value. And if it costs $1,000 to replace your 85-inch TV, you may only get 250 because that may be all that it's worth when it's time of, of loss. So you're out 750 bucks. Um, so there's just things that you can check that are very easy for you to look at. Um, and if you don't understand what it means, go ask your agent. And again, if they don't take time with you to explain it, find another agent because they should care enough about you to do those things. Um, make sure that you have um, on your auto policies, make sure that you just are not carrying, uh, you know, state minimum limits because you're still liable for anything that happens above those limits. Make sure that you have an umbrella policy because if you have any assets that can be liquefied, um, you know, the, you're going to you're going to lose those. Um, you know, so make sure you have an umbrella policy Can that you would explain cover what that, that is. Sure. So when you um, are covering your auto, your liability limits um, are the limits that cover the damages to the other person's person and property. So you have options. The state says that you have to c- carry at least 25000 per person, 50000 per accident, and 25000 in property damage. So if you hit someone, then that means that per person in that accident, there's $25,000. So if there's two people and you hit them, they can get $25,000 each in personal injury. But if you do more than that, they can come after your property and your liquid assets. So if you do more than $25,000 in property damage... They can come after you for the rest of the damage that you do to their vehicle. Most cars out there today are more than $25,000, even if you buy it used. The thing about that is, is that you can also only carry uninsured, underinsured limits as high as what your liability limits are, which means that your property is exposed if you don't carry higher limits, because if they hit you and they're not properly insured, you only have those limits of liability for your uninsured, underinsured motorist coverage. So my mom and dad are going through this right now because they were hit by someone. That person only has minimum limits. And now we're having to go through and use their uninsured, underinsured motorist coverage because sometimes health insurance won't pay out until you've exhausted all of your auto insurance coverages. So again, just some of those things that you look at on your auto coverage. 
So the higher your limits, the better you're covered. Normally, if you're going to do an umbrella policy, you have to have at least 100, 300, 100, which means 100,000 per person for personal injury, uh, 300,000 per accident, and 100,000 in property damage. Still 100,000 on a car is still not enough for some of those cars. Tesla's, you know, the Rivian's, uh, you know, some of those way more Cadillac Escalade, you know. So you can even up that to 250,000 if you wanted to. But then you've got your million dollar umbrella policy that goes over your home and your auto. It covers, that's why it's an umbrella. It covers everything. So, however, you got to remember your business is separate from that. So if you have a business, you need to make sure that your business stuff is in a business name, that it's incorporated so that they cannot touch your personal assets. Because it's, if all of that's in your personal name, your personal stuff is still exposed. So make sure that you get with your business attorney and your accountant to make sure that all of that is set up properly so that you are not exposing your personal stuff. Okay. Um, so, you know, all of that is just some of those little bitty nuances that, you know, you just don't know if you don't know, but that's where we come in to educate you. And that's why it's important that you talk to your agent. If there is even the slightest change in anything, if you buy a new home, if you buy a business, if you buy a new car, it's it's important to make sure all of those things are covered properly and that they are doing the things that cover you properly and don't leave you exposed. Now, you know, I know that sometimes budget comes into play and people can't afford those umbrellas. They can't afford to pay for those higher costs. And I totally get that. But um, when you when when you look at the difference and you look at the exposure, most of the time those coverages are minimal. And you look at what you waste on a Coke every day when you go to the store. Stop wasting that money on a Coke and start buying your umbrella policy for fifty bucks a month. So 50. I'm glad I asked the question because I was wondering why I had to insure my umbrellas. Just, you know, <laughs> no, so, not yeah. your actual umbrellas. <laughs> I tried to pull a Rich Brock. It didn't work. I'm it sorry. Didn't work. I'm sorry, Rich. Sorry, Rich. No, I'm so sorry. I do have three other questions because you kind of spurred some things that, you know, obviously I don't know. And some other folks may not know. So three questions I have on the insurance side, one sure. on auto and then two on home. But if somebody's out there and you have to rent a car, mm-hmm. right, and they offer you the insurance on the rental car, should first of all somebody accept that or does their personal car insurance cover so your personal car insurance does go over to the rental car but you have to make sure that you have full coverage you also want to make sure again that those liability limits and uninsured underinsured motorist limits are going to cover the value of that rental car because again if you hit someone or they hit you and they're not properly covered, you're still liable for those damages. So you want to make sure that you've got those coverages in place. You also want to look at your comprehensive and collision deductibles. Um, your comprehensive deductible means that if you have a glass claim, your uh, a deer runs out in front of you, um, a tree falls on it during a storm, um, you know, things like that, things that you can't control, it's stolen, um, or things are stolen out of it, um, you know, those things, most of the time, you can get a $0 deductible on them for your comprehensive. Your collision deductible is if you're in a car accident that's your fault. That collision coverage covers the damage to your vehicle. So 
you need to make sure that you are not pricing yourself out of what you can afford if you're in an accident that's your fault. Usually you can go up to $2,000 for a deductible. Um, and that just lowers your premium. But if you look at the difference between 500 and a thousand dollar deductible, it's usually like three bucks a month. It's literally pennies. So, um, you know, you, you just want to make sure that those deductibles are, are, are okay for your pocket if you were to have an accident. So you do have to make sure that you have appropriate coverage for the vehicle that you're renting and that you have full coverage in place. So um, those things are important. Make sure you also have um, towing on your policy if you rent a car in case that, uh, you know, you break down somewhere and they don't have anywhere to come and get you and that you can have that car towed and then be able to get something else. Is it worth somebody having both? Should somebody be able to purchase the rental insurance and having um, not usually. Um, I mean, I know of people who do, um, and unless they offer something, you know, really crazy, um, then usually your coverage is again, as long as you've got appropriate coverage, um, is enough. Okay. So as far as the home's concerned, if somebody has collectibles like myself, I have a huge baseball car collection. Mm-hmm. So whether it's that or sports memorabilia or antiques, uh, are there special, what are they called riders for anything like that? There are. Um, so some policies, policies will have them built into them, and it's called a special property rider, um, where you can insure something for the actual value of the item. Um, usually you have to have it appraised um, if it's above a certain value um, for things like jewelry or whatever we need to know, um, like the cut clarity, carrot, you know, the kind of metal that it's put into. And um, for me, memorabilia, things like that, you have to know like exactly what it is, why we're insuring it for that amount. Um, so depending on what it is, it may need an appraisal, pictures or whatever. Um, sometimes we have a separate policy that we can put those on. Um, and it's a personal articles policy that you can do it for. You can do a $0 deductible on those things. Um, and that way you don't have to pay anything out of pocket. The good thing about doing it on a separate policy is that it covers no matter what the loss is. So a homeowner's policy will only cover it if it's due to a fire or theft or things like that. A separate personal articles policy will cover it. Let's say that you're out at, uh, you know, an event and uh, you lose it. Your homeowner's policy is not going to cover it if you lose it. The personal articles policy will. Um, the personal articles policy will also cover it. Let's say, um, like my uh, Galaxy uh, 4 watch that I had uh, when I had to have um, uh, IV. Uh, medicine for a while and I didn't wear it and I just took it on and off the battery charger. It just decided to quit working, but I had it insured. Well, they covered it because it was on my personal articles policy and it just decided to quit working. Had it been on a homeowner's policy as a special writer, it would not have covered it for that. So, and it covered it as a $0 deductible for a stated value. So um, now it won't cover phones or, or um, electronics like a phone or a tablet, um, but it will cover computers. Um, it will cover, uh, you know, high end, um, electronics like that, but it doesn't cover, um, phones and things like that that are covered through like a Shurian. So aren't you impressed? I knew writer. I am extremely impressed. Wow. See, there you go. Uh, all right. Last question on the insurance part is if somebody's renting, 
they, there's a special insurance for that as well. There is. So if you're renting, you're not responsible for the structure of the home, but you're still responsible for your own items in the home. So if something happens to those, God forbid the house should burn down or the backup of sewer and drain were to happen, everything, you know, in the toilet backs up and flows over or pipes burst and wets everything and molds everything. You want to make sure that you have coverage for that. And so um, normally what we do is we just say, okay, if you had to replace everything in the home that belongs to you, how much would it cost you? And people usually are like, oh, I don't know. I don't have anything. So maybe 2000 bucks. Well, if you had to replace all your shoes, your hats, your t-shirts, I mean, literally every single item that you own, it would cost a lot more than people think. So as you're going through your house today, look at all of your stuff. Take an inventory and just start thinking about how much it costs you to buy it to begin with. And then say to yourself, am I really properly covered? And then, uh, you know, that will let you know, yeah, yeah, I got a lot more stuff than I really think I do. And then if I had to go buy it again today, it's going to cost me quite a bit more than it did then, especially if I go buy it brand new. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I may have bought this table at a yard sale, but if I had to go buy it brand new, Mm -hmm. how much is it going to be? So, um, you know, we can insure you for $30,000, $50,000 for your personal items. And usually a $500 deductible um, is as low as those will go, but you can do $1,000 if that's more comfortable. And, and those are very inexpensive policies, but it does insure your items. It insures it if it gets wet from a pipe burst, if the backup of sewer drain, if it gets molded, um, any of those things so that your items are covered if something were to happen. Awesome. Thanks for those tips. Um, I have a question that if any if a business owner is listening and either they're new in business or they've had it and never thought about doing this, and it's not just my event, although it'd be great if it was my event, um, <laughs> share the, I guess, the benefits or the importance or all the above of being able to not only sponsor a fundraising event, but also being out there at a community event with a, like a booth or something like that. What Share why, why somebody should think about doing that. Absolutely. So, well, first of all, the the benefit of it is meeting people, people that you would never otherwise see, people that um, come up to you. We were at an egg drop. Well, it was more like an egg fling, egg scatter. I don't really know what to call it. Egg they toss? Call, yeah, they called it an egg drop, but they had them in big boxes and they just kind of flung them everywhere across the field. Um it, we were at Life College, and so um, we had a ton of people just come up to us and talk to us and ask us questions about their own policies and whether or not they ever are clients or not. Um, it was just knowing that we could, again, pour into somebody else's life that we would never otherwise be able to touch. Um, and so, again, whether or not they ever come back to us, it doesn't really matter, but we were able to, in that moment, help them with something. You know, those little kids that come up to you and they want a lollipop or they got so excited, y'all, <laughs> about these stupid yo-yos that were, you know, how the little yo-yos you get from like Oriental Trading or whatever. They were so excited about yo-yos. They kept coming back and coming back because they'd see a kid with one and they wanted that yo-yo. And those kids were so excited about those yo-yos. And so they wiped us out of yo-yos that day. Um, but they were so excited. And to see them just get excited about a yo-yo, Madge's husband dresses up like Santa Claus. And so we did the um, the reindeer run, or, or I can't remember exactly what it's called, at Etowah River Park in Canton. 
and people would come by and take pictures with him. And, you know, those kids were so excited about that. And so, again, whether or not they ever become a client, they know that in that moment, Bird Insurance was there for them just to put a smile on a face, to have a moment in time where they got to have a picture with Santa. And they'll remember that, you know, remember that run when Santa was there, you know, and they'll look at that. Our sign will be there. You know, our little chicks will be in their picture from the Easter egg hunt or whatever. But it's a moment where we get to pour into other people's lives again. And I know that God will bless that in return and he will pour into our lives in the process because, again, it's about ministry and it's Mm -hmm. about giving back to people who have nothing to give to you in that moment. Um, And whether or not they do in the future, that's completely up to them. But it's about ministry and it's about giving to others who at that moment, have nothing in return to give to you. Awesome. So if somebody was is listening and wants to get a hold of you and talk about their insurance needs, how can they do that? So um, they can call the office if they would like to. It's um, <laughs> I just went totally blank. Seven, <laughs> I never call the office, so I don't know. Um, 770-439-7991. They can go to our website, which is www.byrdinsu.com. I have no idea why they didn't finish out the word. Um, and then they can also email me at Tara, T-A-R-A, at byrdinsu.com. So uh, there's several ways to get a hold of us. And, um, you know, we're on Facebook. We're on uh uh, LinkedIn. Um, they can go to my Facebook page. They can go to my LinkedIn page, um, you know, and they're welcome to do that as well. So, um, Awesome. So if anybody's listening uh, and you want to take part in events or be part of the community and stuff, I have some ways to help you out with that. I've got other events coming up. Uh, there's still part to be uh, a chance to be part of trivia as well. Um, I've got a huge event coming up in July that's going to have some former professional athletes out, and we're looking for, for sponsors for that, um, as well as we now have opportunities to sponsor this show. So if you're listening and you want to be a part of all that, you can uh, – Go to it's email me. It's Brian B R I A N at B's and that's B E E S charitablepursuits.com. I tried my B apostrophe S, but nothing like that. So that's why it's B's like a bumblebee on the email. So, uh, well, just before we wrap this up, I always have uh, like to ask this question and I'll ask all three of you. Um, I'd like for you guys to give us one quote, one word, one positive nugget to let, let somebody listening to live today and the rest of 2023 and beyond with. And we'll start with you, Miracle. Mm. Why'd you put me on the spot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I had anything to say to somebody. I just say, um, trust God. Yeah. Just, <laughs> you just stole trust angels. Him. Yeah, man. It, there's nothing there's nothing too hard for him to do for you. Um, and all he wants, he wants us to look at him as, as his father that is in heaven. So, you know, I, you know, lift up my hands and what you got for me today, God, like, and, um, you know, believe it or not, he'll lead you, he'll guide you. And, um, and he just wants us to trust him. So, so do that. And I promise you, you'll never go wrong. (laughs) Right. Right. All right. You got to give something different, Angelo. Walk by faith and not by sight. All right, Tara. Um, I think that mine would be um, kind of along the lines of uh, what our Cartersville Business Club says. Um, you know, you don't go wrong by giving to other people. 
um, because it does come back to you. Um, you know, you're blessed by blessing others. God gives to you so that you can give to somebody else. He doesn't give to you for you to hide it in the ground. So. Mm, awesome. Well, again, Miracle, <laughs> Angelo, Tara, I appreciate you guys coming this morning, sharing your stories, uh, getting positive and, and good news out there. Thank you for that. So everybody listening, let's remember, let's be positive. Let's be charitable.